Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Ecclesiastes 7. Where are you looking for wisdom? Here is the right place. Enlightenment. We all want it. We all seek it. Getting in the know. Knowing something before someone else does. Being the person people come to when they want to know something. The wise one. Remember, however, there is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. I heard someone comment that artificial intelligence or AI may be a source of a lot of information or knowledge, but it lacks wisdom and common sense. That one. Since we all want it, we might as well go to the best source, right? It just so happens that we're in the right book. Let's dig in. We're in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. A good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume, and the day you die is better than the day you are born. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies, so the living should take this to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for sadness has a refining influence on us. A wise person thinks a lot about death while a fool thinks only about having a good time. Better to be criticized by a wise person than to be praised by a fool. A fool's laughter is quickly gone, like thorns crackling in a fire. This is also meaningless. Extortion turns wise people into fools, and bribes corrupt the heart. Finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Control your temper, for anger labels you a fool. Don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. Wisdom is even better when you have money. Both are a benefit as you go through life. Wisdom and money can get you almost anything, but only wisdom can save your life. Accept the way God does things, for who can strengthen 
I'm sorry, who can straighten what he has made crooked. Let me say that again. That's verse 13. Accept the way God does things. For who can straighten what he has made crooked? Enjoy prosperity while you can. But when hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing is certain in this life. I gotta tell you, I was just watching a video on YouTube of the volcano that's going off right now in a tiny island off the coast of Africa, part of the Canary Islands, which belong to Spain. The island's called La Palma, which is palm with an A at the end, La Palma, two words. So if you search for La Palma on YouTube, you're gonna see a bunch of videos. So this is a volcano that's been erupting full force. It's, a, it's called a Strombolian volcano. And it's a lava fountain that's shooting up into the air and then going down the mountain. Um, and it's been seven days now. It has destroyed, um, probably by now we're looking at maybe 500 buildings, including homes and businesses, including a church. That was one of the ones that went down today. Um, and in one video, I heard someone exclaim, uh, and these are really nice houses. Some of these are really nice houses. So it could be like the owner of the banana plantation that's there. Okay. You know, so, you know, you know, he, he's worked and, and that's exactly what this guy said. He work, you work all your life for this and it's destroyed. You know, so God made this island from a volcano, okay? It probably was created after the flood. And if you also go to YouTube and search for um, is Genesis history, they have a whole history of how the world just proves that Genesis, the book of Genesis is true. But this is exactly it accept the way God does things for who can straighten what he has made crooked. You see the lava flows just coming down that mountain it hasn't quite reached the ocean yet. When it does, it's going to create a lot of um, toxic clouds. And then verse 14 says, enjoy prosperity while you can. But when hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing is certain in this life. Um, and I'll put a link to the La Palma videos on YouTube in my, in my blog, so you can click on over there. But that just gives you a perfect example of how everything in this world is temporary. I witnessed this right after Hurricane Andrew in Miami in the 90s. I saw, you know, really, really nice houses and I saw trailer parks totally destroyed and wiped out. Like it was an equal opportunity destroyer. Same thing with this volcano. It's an equal opportunity destroyer. It just totally, if you're, if you're one of the banana 
banana worker, you know, the workers over there picking bananas, or are you the owner of the plantation? Doesn't matter. Your home and your livelihood has been totally destroyed. <sighs> Such is life. But that's that's it. That's it. It's all said it says it all right here in the Bible. The limits of human wisdom, going on with verse 15. I have seen everything in this meaningless life, including the death of good young people and the long life of wicked people. So don't be too good or too wise. Why destroy yourself? On the other hand, don't be too wicked either. Don't be a fool. Why die before your time? Pay attention to these instructions for anyone who fears God will avoid both extremes. And click on one of my blog if you still don't understand what fearing God means. One wise person is stronger than 10 leading citizens of a town. Not a single person on earth is always good and never sins, even Christians. But we are forgiven <laughs> for our past sins, our present sins, and any future sins. We are forgiven. 21, don't eavesdrop on others. You may hear your servant curse you, for you know how often you yourself have cursed others. I have always tried my best to let wisdom guide my thoughts and actions. I said to myself, I am determined to be wise, but it didn't work. Wisdom is always distant and difficult to find. I searched everywhere, determined to find wisdom and to understand the reasons for things, the reason for things. I was determined to prove to myself that wickedness is stupid and that foolishness is madness. See, he was looking for wisdom on earth under the sun when wisdom comes from God. We'll get to that in a minute. Verse 26, I discovered that a seductive woman is a trap more bitter than death. Her passion is a snare and her soft hands are chains. Those who are pleasing to God will escape her, but sinners will be caught in her snare. This is my conclusion, says the teacher, a.k.a. Solomon. I discovered this after looking at the matter from every possible angle. Though I have searched repeatedly, I have not found what I was looking for. Only one of, out of a thousand men is virtuous, but not one woman. But I did find this. God created people to be virtuous, but they have each turned to follow their own downward path. Oh, there's a lot of points to ponder in this one. First, reputation. It takes a lifetime to build a good reputation, and with today's social media, it can be lost in a second. A perfume's fragrance will fade away. A good, solid reputation, if you don't screw it up, will last until you die. At your funeral, your works will tell your story. They are the lessons of life and death. By the way, works don't get you saved. Grace does. Recently, I attended two funerals. My cousin died. His heart just stopped. He was a lapsed Catholic. Five days after his death, a colleague of mine died. Same thing, heart just stopped. My cousin was 67, my colleague 76. My cousin's funeral was in Puerto Rico. I couldn't attend, so I watched via Facebook. 
his son had his phone about two pews up on the center, center aisle. The priest walks to the microphone a good 20 feet away, wearing a mask and starts to speak in Spanish. Now I understand and speak Spanish fluently, but I could not hear him at all. There was no one within 20 feet of him. Why did he have to wear the mask? My cousin's daughter got up next. At least I think it was her hard to tell with the mask. Same thing, goes to the mic and starts speaking with the mask on. No one within 10 feet of her. It was sad, just plain sad. There was nothing to be joyous about. The following week I attended in person the celebration of life service for my colleague. That was a joyous time. He was a born again Christian. We know that the moment he died, he was with Jesus. His wife, daughters, and family were sure that they would see him again when they die or are raptured, whichever comes first. Though both men were good men who helped a lot of people in their own ways, and they both had good reputations, I am only assured that one of them is in heaven now. So yes, you do learn a lot about people at their funerals. At their births, you can only vow to help the child grow up knowing who Jesus Christ is guiding him or her in the right direction. <sighs> so number three, what makes fools foolish? Well, you got greed, impatience, pride, and anger. Four, it's foolish to live in the past. Nostalgia is fun for some people, but may bring harsh memories for others. Learn from history so you don't repeat it. Enjoy nostalgia, but don't obsess over it. Live for today, and find the beauty in your world. Five, righteousness means being right with God, and that includes repentance, humility, obedience, the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, patience, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And of course, virtue, a rare thing these days. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines or mistresses. All that free sex didn't allow him to respect women. So that's where you get a line like, um, where was it? I discovered that a seductive woman is a trap more bitter than death. Her passion is a snare and her soft hands are chains. So he was addicted. But all his concubines, that's who they were. They, they were. they became his concubines because they were beautiful, seductive women. <sighs> he made his own trap. It, uh, it, I, I still don't understand how somebody can do that. Well, like the Playboy Mansion. Actually, I take that back, okay? We had the Playboy Mansion. And, and I guess he was a modern day Solomon. Life is a wild goose chase without the goose. <laughs> Rather than us going up to God, God came down to us. Right? That's Jesus. Ecclesiastes is the Bible's philosophy book. It's God's wisdom for life. This one paired with Proverbs and the book of James provide you with all the godly wisdom you need. Nevertheless, you still must have 
the Holy Spirit to convict you. That is to guide you and keep you on the straight and narrow. The right path of, you guessed it, righteousness. Related, a couple of related articles. Do you have a secular worldview or a biblical worldview? So you need to click on over to my blog and check those out. So as James, Jesus's brother wrote in uh, James chapter one, starting in verse five, if you need wisdom, ask your generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided, lo divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. So where is your faith? Is it in a church with man-made rites and rituals? Is it in a preacher that makes you feel good? Or is it in the world? It needs to be in Jesus. And he said to us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Can you hear him? Let him in already. What are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog. The link is in the show notes and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And in the bottom of today's blog, I have a beautiful hymn, Build Your Life Upon Jesus, who's the firm foundation. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come.
Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.